Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Cool Mom 101. It's your host, Emily Kylo here, wishing you a wonderful day and hoping your week has been fabulous so far too. So I can't believe it's already September. Where has August gone? I don't even know. I don't know about you, but I am actually a huge fan of September. I loved school, so it was always like back to school time. I used to have my fresh like back to school wardrobe. It feels a little like fall is coming, but it's still kind of warm. So anyways, huge September fan, but let me know if you feel the same way. So for the confidence tip of the week, I have a little trick that I like to use every once in a while if your confidence is feeling a little bit lower. And it's really simple, but if you take out your journal or notebook and just start writing all the ways that you have helped the people in your life lately. It'll give you a really good idea about all the ways that you contribute and just how amazing and awesome you are. So that's my confidence tip for the week. Try it out and let me know how it goes. So for episode 37, it's with Brie and Stina from The Mindful Mummies. So they are the founders of Mindful Mummies, which is a podcasting community for moms. And they've also founded the Huga Family Box, which we talk a little bit about in the episode, but it sounds awesome. It's like a seasonal um, Huga box to help your family achieve those Huga vibes at home, which is all about disconnecting. And again, we talk so much about this in the episode, but I, I really, really love what they're doing there too. So for this episode, we talk going back to school and the kind of stress and weirdness that's going on right now. We talk divorce and co-parenting, and so um, there's some really great tips for co-parenting. We talk home birth and miscarriage, so we got into some really big but super important topics. Really, what didn't we cover? So I'll definitely have to have them back because it was such a great conversation. So let's get to it. Here's episode 37 with Brie and Stina from The Mindful Mummies. Welcome to the show, Brie and Stina. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're honored and a little bit nervous. I know. <laughs> First time guests. Yeah. yeah, these two lovely ladies are podcast hosts as well, and they let me know that this is their very first interview, so... Turning yeah. the mic on them. I know. <laughs> no, oh my God. I've got like butterflies all of a sudden. It's so weird because when, when we do this the other way around, there's always like a bit of like, oh, how's it going to go? But I feel like we've done it so many times now. We're not nervous anymore, but yeah. this, now it's different. <laughs> okay. Totally. And I, I can attest to it because I do interviews sometimes and it is more nerve wracking. I like usually have notes and stuff. And like, you know. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to get right into the mom fashions. Ready? Okay, I love it. Okay. What's the best part about being a mom? You want to go first? Mm. 
Yeah, I'll let you, you, you yeah, sure. I can go first. <laughs> um, okay. I was thinking about this one. I feel like there's so many things that I love, obviously. Um, my initial thing was like, oh, snuggles. I love snuggles. And I was thinking more about it. I was like, no, the thing that I really, really love about being a mom is watching these little beings that you create turn into like functioning, speaking human. Mm, and yeah. and now that I have I have like a one-year-old three-year-old and almost nine-year-old I've seen lots of the phases that they've gone through and it's almost made me like now I'm appreciating my youngest every phase so much more because I know that it's going to be gone so quickly um so for me yeah, I think it's it's watching them go through all the phases and learn all the new things and become these like little their own little person yeah I love that yeah, totally yeah. agree with that um, for me, it's reliving my childhood through my kids, like seeing just all the little things that I used to love as a kid, you know, coming down to the Christmas tree in the yeah. morning and seeing their eyes light up and like that in the magic, you know, and you just like, you get those feelings like that warm and cozy and fun and exciting feeling again. And that's what I think I, I was really thinking. About. I mean, I, of course, I, I love seeing them grow and, and all the things that they're picking up from like the little things that they pick up from you as a parent and, and, the, and good all, and the, the good and the bad. <laughs> um, and then, you know, seeing the combination of your kids between your husband and you and how they're a little bit of him and a little bit of you. Yeah. And that's so cool. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I'd have to say, that's been the coolest thing is reliving my childhood through them. That's the number one. I haven't even been to Disneyland yet. <laughs> like I can't wait for that day. Oh, um, you I, know. I hear you. I was planning to take Leo in this coming January. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's probably not going to happen, which is fine. But I was like, as soon as he's like a, you know, respectable age to take, that is like, I'm going, <laughs> I'm we've doing it. Twice. We've been twice. It's been <sighs> I can't wait. So yeah, I'm going to be a big kid like that too. <laughs> totally. So for each of you, what's a daily ritual that you have that kind of keeps you grounded? I wake up in the morning and the very first thing I do is put on coffee. <laughs> and I need to have my coffee before anything. My before kids, anyone talks to you. My kids know that like, yeah. don't ask mommy for anything until she's had her coffee. And if I if I can, I love to sit outside in the sunshine and have my coffee. And then I I'm very fortunate that I am able to get up and run every morning. So I do try and get up and go for at least a 20 minute jog every single morning. And it just brings me sanity. My husband has long, long days at work. So um, I need to do that like one little thing by myself before he's gone for the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mine for sure. Yeah. Exercise is mine is my number one. That's what I can go. I can be like, how am I going to get through this day? And if I go through, go for a run or just get my body moving, I come back and I'm like, okay, I can start to tackle this day. And, uh, it's just, yeah, takes me out of that funk. Yeah. Every day I have to exercise, even if it's the weekend, like there, of course there are days where I, I, I take breaks if I need to, but mm -hmm. Um, it does, it doesn't feel the, now I do it so often that it doesn't feel right when I do. So I kind of just feel sluggish at the end of the day if I don't. So mm -hmm. yeah. definitely my daily ritual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I think I've been kind of tuning in a little more to my body and doing something that's maybe movement and not, you know, a full on like hour yeah. half at the gym some days. Right. So maybe some days I just now go for a walk, which I never used to do that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so it feels good. So important. Yeah. And <clears throat> I remember <laughs> I like, I, for me, the big thing is, is okay. Like last night I went out and I had, I had a bunch of wine and I'm going to be honest and I'm a little, I got a bit of a headache today, but I woke up this morning and I was like, I just don't know if I can do it. I just, and then all I said to myself was, you know what, if you have to turn this run into a walk run, then just go, just go and do your walk run. Yeah. Like just get, just get something done. And then at least you, after it, you can be like, okay, I got, at least I did something. I got there. I did it. I did something. Move I didn't body. let myself get away with just like sitting on the couch today. Yeah. And some days that is what you need to feel your best, but other days it's like, no, you actually need to kind of, yeah, push your, push your booty out there. Even if it is a walk run. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So what are you both most grateful for in your life right now? Oh, health. Yeah. Yeah. With everything that's going on, health. Health with our families, our parents are healthy. I think that's massive because everybody's, you know, worried about that age range of people and yeah. <clears throat> our kids are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Every yeah. day I'm just so grateful that everyone that I love and care about is staying healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this question can get a little deep. Um, <laughs> what's here, but I love to ask it. So what is your why for your life? So, you know, companies have like vision statements. Um, <laughs> this is kind of like, what's your person, personal vision statement? Um, you know, what gets you up in the morning? Why do you create all these amazing things that we're going to talk more about? What's your why? That's this a big a question. Really hard yeah, one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And I feel like at first I was thinking, you know, it's different. My because I'm a teacher, um, in part of my my life, and then we have our business in part of my life, and then I'm a mom, and then I'm a wife and myself. So I was like, oh, well, is is it is it is my why the same for every part of my life, or is it different? But this might sound cheesy but when you go into teaching often people make jokes that oh teachers always say that the reason they want to be a teacher because they want to change the world and so I but I can't help going back to that um because I did want to become a teacher when I I've known since I was like in grade five because I wanted to make a positive difference in the world and I feel like that's sort of the same with um being a mom as well I want to raise kids and teach my kids how to make a positive difference in the world and how to take care of take care of the people on the planet that we live on um, and be grateful for that. And so even though it's kind of cliche, I think that my why for everything that we do, even with, with the mindful mummies is that we wanted to make a positive difference to our community and to our people um, in my family and as a teacher as well. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I think Initially, when that when I saw that question, I right away thought of my kids. They're the reason for feeling like I'm going absolutely buck wild, not so. But <laughs> they are also the reason why I get up in the morning and why I want to be the best person I can be. And um, yeah, so I would have to say my kids. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got lots of passions and hobbies and and love the community that we're building and all the moms and, and all the amazing women that we're meeting, which is mm -hmm. so much fun. Yeah. Um, just 
not even like in Vancouver in BC, but even beyond that now, which is so cool. And so that I, of course, like that's part of my why, but I would have to say my number one why is, is my children. They make me laugh. They make me crazy. <laughs> they make me want to like be better, but yeah, they're, that's, they're definitely my why for sure. Awesome. And they help you relive your childhood. So exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. Awesome. So something I wanted to start off with um, was kind of just a bit of a general introduction of who you two are and what Mindful Mummies is all about. So how it started and kind of where you are now and maybe even where it's going. Yeah. Do you want to start? You sure. go ahead. You sure. go ahead. Yeah, I can start. Um, well, I think Mindful Mummies like initially started. So if people don't know, Brie and I are sisters-in-law. Um, Brie's married to my brother and I you know, won the lottery with sisters. Aww, so did I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and I actually was living in the suite in their house for the last four years and just recently moved out a couple months ago. So we've spent a lot of time together. When I told Bree and my brother that we were, um, that my husband and I were pregnant with my second, they you know, <laughs> jumped on board. Jumped on board, and yeah. Uh, a few weeks later, we're also pregnant, yeah. and so we went through our second pregnancies together. together. And um, and and that it was on that mat leave that we decided we wanted to do something together, and we wanted to put our passions of parenting um, and, and educating, ed educating, and supporting other moms together. And so we started off doing like a drop-in group for moms and babies, um, where we ran this play group kind of but it was mm -hmm. it was you want to talk about that it was that it was out of my learning center so I have a learning center in Vancouver which actually unfortunately we closed down due to COVID um just because we we wouldn't that's another story to itself but we, we wouldn't have been able to operate with the at the capacity level that we were allowed to operate at so we just wouldn't be making any money and we had to close it. So it's pretty sad. But anyways, we ran this program out of that location and yeah, it was really fun. We had some moms that, that joined us and, you know, and then I think it, it was a lot of work to do that. And then on top of having our own kids and whatnot, um, but it was lots of fun and we, we met some moms in the neighborhood and, and then it sort of just turned into into us sitting around in the living room very pregnant <laughs> kind of bitching about how hard it is yeah. and talking about just like oh and how um lonely you can feel and how and 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 that how you know, isolating how it can be isolating it can be and and yeah. I just I think one day I like called I called you up and I was like you want to do a podcast <laughs> Hey girl, <laughs> let's give a podcast. True breeze. I think you had like the stats up. You were like, listen, there's a niche market here for yeah. podcasting right now. There's not enough podcasts out there. We want to be able to connect with moms. We want to be able to share our experience. We want to be able to create this community. And yeah, know, this, is, this is the way to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do it. Jump yeah. in. And you know, because we're educators and we have lots of connections out there with, um, people that can offer amazing tools and advice for parents, we thought, wow, we've got this opportunity to bring these people together and share um, their opinions and their thoughts and their tools and let's create this platform and this community. So that's what we did. That's how it kind of all started. I love it. So when did the podcast start? 
Uh, over a year ago. Yeah, I think it was January, so January 2019. Yeah. Okay, so about six months before this one. Then. Yes. Because I started the same year, but more like July. Yeah. Yeah, that's huh. awesome. and we, we, at first we had uh, more time. I felt like on our hands, yeah. sort of. Well, because we were pregnant. Yeah. No, you were pregnant. Wait a minute. When did we start the podcast? Yeah, you oh, were no, pregnant it with was your two third years ago. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, I was pregnant with your third. It was. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the play group was with our seconds. Yeah. And then right. my when I was pregnant with my third, we started the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And don't worry, everyone, I'll link the podcast so you can make sure to check it out. They have lots of great, like they were saying, um, tips and tools for moms and parents. So definitely got to check that one out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Now, both of you are educators, like you mentioned, and moms. Mm -hmm. And so this podcast is going to air on September 1st when people are thinking about going back to school. So I wanted to hear from you two, like, how are you feeling about that? What, yeah, kind of what's going through your minds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's honestly like day to day right now. I feel like every, it, the way that I feel changes day to day with, with the way that everything is like evolving and, and changing. You've um, got, cena has got a double whammy because she's a teacher and she has kids heading back to school. So I don't, I'm not. I'm not teaching in the schools, so I don't have to worry about that. But I do. I'm every day. I think about my kids starting. Well, and, and yours, <clears throat> yours is Bree's eldest is going to kindergarten. Yeah. So it's his yeah. first like experience yeah. in the school. So I'm super world. anxious about that. And right now, I think just like Stina said, it's day by day. Like we are just we're watching how things are going and. And in my opinion, like I am not going to put my kids in any situation where I feel like their health is going to be threatened. So I'll, I just, I just go, I just keep saying to myself, okay, you know what? Day by day, we're going to see where things are at. And if I have to pull them, I have to pull them and I'll figure it out. I'll figure yeah. it out. I'll figure out some other form of education for them. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Both my husband and I are on the same page about that. And, good yeah. yeah so kind of taking it day by day and then making more of a game time decision and it sounds like also being comfortable that if they start school and things change you feel comfortable saying you know what this isn't really right for us right now mm -hmm. yeah I think I saw there was a quote on Instagram that I read that was was along those lines I can't remember exactly what it said but it was basically like you know it's good enough it's good enough for today. It's good enough for now. And that's, that's what I'm going to go with, right? Like if things, if, if I feel safe today, then I'm, then that's, I'm going to feel safe today. But if things change, if that changes then things will evolve. And I truly like, I believe in, in this education world too. That's sort of how things are going. Like I think mm -hmm. everyone was planning to go back to school. Um, we had this extra time now as teachers where we're going to have extra training, extra health and safety training, time to get ready and, and with routines. And then we have where we have these two days um, where it's like orientation days for the kids where they come and they practice um, all the all the different systems. And I don't know what they are yet because I haven't haven't learned about it all yet. But I do um, trust that 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 everybody is like working so hard to do what's best for everyone and there's so many things that are being balanced between like mental health and social emotional um and then and then the education piece and 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 then the safety piece and it's it's yeah there's just so many things to think about 
and every family is different and every, every kid is different. So I think everyone just needs to do what's best for their families. So in our family today, I'm heading back to work three times, three days a week. And, um, and my eldest son, who's almost nine is going into grade four back to school full time. Oh yeah. yeah. It is a little unfortunate. Like you said, your son, is it son or daughters going? It's you have we all have boys. 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 <laughs> they both have all boys, right? Do yeah. you have now one has three, right? I do. Yeah. Stina, I have Stina's three. got three. Bree's got two. That's right. Yeah. So it is a little sad to think though, that, you know, if that's their first experience of school, so I'm sure that's like feels a little stressful, but yeah. also, you know, I don't know. I think I would just have faith to that this is not the end of their experience also. <laughs> like yes. they're going to have lots of positive experiences with school, but like I felt sorry for my, I have a little, I had a little sister through big sisters and she was graduating this past June. And I thought that was a bit sad too, because yeah, yeah, that's very, you very only sad. get that one time. You can't really get that back and so I you know I was a little sad for her it's not a fun experience yeah yeah Yeah. I mean it's something that we're never no one's ever going to forget I don't think and I think I think I I trust in in the teachers and like I work with so many amazing teachers and that they're going to do their best to make sure that this is a positive experience for kids as 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 hard as it is, it's going to be different, extremely different. Um, but I think, I think it can still be positive and different at the same time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, something I really wanted to talk to you both about as well is your passion for a word that I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) You guys taught me last week or this week and I still can't say it. So it's Huga. Yeah. Yeah, You did it. it. (laughs) <laughs> you did it! Yay! <laughs> okay. if, yeah. if you can think of H O O, who like oh, like that helps. Who educators yeah. sort of more of like a who? Yeah, who? Who? Yeah, yeah. I don't even say it right. My grandma tells me I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> she's like, "Honey, you're wrong." <laughs> I'll be like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You know who got?" And she's like, "What?" Huga. Oh, Huga. And then I'm like, okay, I'm saying it wrong. (laughs) So tell us why it's so um, important to you both and about the project that you've created around it. Okay. You want to start this one up? Um, Yeah. Okay. So I was introduced to, well, I was introduced to Huga as a little girl, but I never knew, I never had a name for it um, until I met my husband. and his family introduced me to the actual word huga, which is a term used for creating warmth and coziness and togetherness. And it's people even describe it more of like a feeling than an actual thing. Um, uh, and so I, your grandma was actually the the best person that just kind of not, not necessarily, but kind of put it all together for me. Like she, she, the the Scandinavians are big on lighting candles and sitting by the fire and creating a cozy and warm atmosphere because they live in a country that doesn't get much heat and sun all the time. Similar to Vancouver. (laughs) So in order to create that, that feeling, they've created Huga, which is lighting candles and, getting cozy and fire and um, lanterns and fairy lights and, and warm blankets and, and all of that. But it's also, um, it's like a, a 
like an event, like, like your grandma explained it. Like when you light, when you light a candle, you take an ordinary moment and you make it an event. Make it special. And you make it, you make it special. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like, okay, that just hits the hammer right on the head of the nail, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just, it, because that's exactly what it does. It's like when you invite people over and you light a candle, you're saying, welcome to my home. You're creating a cozy atmosphere. And so that's kind of what Hugo was to me. Um, once I found the name for it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing my whole life with my family. When we grew up, there were can candles were always lit. The lighting was dim and beautiful and soft and the fire was on and there were blankets and it was just always cozy and warm. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and, and then I realized that's kind of what I had been raised with. But until I met my husband, I didn't realize that there was actually a name for it. And <laughs> yeah, so that's and what it is to me, but yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, it's also a lot about um, being outdoors. And this is something that I grew up with is that we all the time eat meals outside. Like even mm -hmm. pre-COVID, we were, we've been practicing for this. We're good. We're, we're good <laughs> outside in all weather. Um, mm -hmm. Like in, in Denmark, you, I would travel to Denmark a lot when I was younger because my mom's, um, my grandma and then my great grandma, my mom's mom lived there. Um, so on and off. So we would spend a lot of time there when I was growing up and, and we would always go to the school, which is the forest, S-K-O-V, school. And um, you would take your whole like picnic, your wine glasses, your candles, yes. your picnic blanket, all your yummy food, your open face sandwiches, and you would go and like set up this beautiful like picnic in the forest and it was just like a normal thing to do or the beach like Dan Denmark is surrounded by islands and beach and and we would constantly be going for meals at the beach and outdoors and mm -hmm. my mom did the same thing here we were always eating meals outside and going to the beach and connecting with nature and so I think Huga is not only about like creating that coziness inside but it's just creating that feeling of coziness and togetherness wherever you are with whoever you're mm -hmm. with and part of that I mean, I think now is, is the whole disconnecting with screens thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm really passionate about is finding those moments as a family to, to disconnect and be present together. So Huga is a lot about that as well. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. sort of where our passion for it came. And then we decided <laughs> to share it with, with more people and teach people about it, which is how our latest businesses have uh, began. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what yeah. is the, can you tell us the name of the Huga business and what it's, what is it about? Yeah. So we created, um, we created a seasonal box called the Huga family box and it was created exactly for what we just talked about to, um, to kind of encourage families to, uh, get off screens and, and spend time together, but enjoy time together like not make it a chore like like make it enjoyable and um and even if it's just for 20 minutes a day where you you like you you turn just an ordinary moment into an event with just maybe only there's only four or three people in your family but you light a candle you sit at the table play you play a game you turn on some music and that's that's hoogly that's what we call hoogly like that's setting setting the tone setting the mood creating togetherness mm -hmm. and so we created a seasonal box with um local items from uh creators and artists in um sort of started in vancouver but it's kind of gradually worked its way out to like canadian BC, canada. canada yeah um and uh we just, it's just been a great way to kind of support local entrepreneurs and, 
um, share our love for Huga and and share our passion mm -hmm. for it and, um, and support women and yeah. And it's, it's doing really well for how, and it's, it's just, it's also a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's got activities and activity sheets and activity ideas and there's a challenge calendar. So there's like a thing you can do for 20 minutes every day to get Hoogly as a family. So it's one of those things where if you're like, Oh, you know, I really want to get my kids off the screens, but I just don't have any energy to plan anything. You can just like quickly look at the calendar and be like, Oh yeah, let's do this activity from the Hoogly. And then you feel like you've put kind of your pocket of what, you know, like you don't, you feel like, okay, we accomplished something today, you know, um, whether it's just like literally pulling out a board game. I don't even like, you know, like little things like that or doing a small craft together. It just kind of keeps you, I don't know. It, 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 it's like you check it off your list for the day and you put your time in and when your brain and dead, it it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then from, from the hookah box, we started to support all these these local artists and we sort of thought oh wouldn't it be cool to create our own item for the box and so our most recent project is that we are um launching like a uh it's it's like a home beautiful things for your home but most importantly we're starting with a candle line so um, exciting Um, and it's like a luxury candle line like yeah yeah oh my goodness well sign me up (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're learning so much about candles oh my god I never realized how what a science it is and how I mean the the thing with candles is if you're gonna do a candle line you don't want to just do any ordinary candle like if you're gonna go for it you need to get like the the cream of the the creme de la creme of everything so it's like the, now we've got the best wax, the best, you know, we're doing essential oils. It's all about making sure that this candle is healthy for having in the phone, the, your home and around your family. No um, toxins. No toxins. Clean. Yeah. Which costs a lot of money. We're realizing that it adds up really fast. <laughs> the higher luxury you go, the, uh, the more it adds up to. But now I'm realizing why candles are so damn expensive. <laughs> I was going to say, all the candles I buy are quite expensive. I think some people would call them expensive, but I do know enough about candles that I don't want any weird shit burning. I don't know what it is. So I do stick to the kind of clean burning type ones. Um, But it is, it's such a science. There's so much to it, but I'm sure you guys are learning so much along the way. (laughs) It's really fun. It's been a really fun thing to figure out. And there's like this whole community of like really, really passionate candle people. (laughs) Oh yeah. God, I'm coming, becoming one of those people. (laughs) I am now a candle person. Officially a candle person. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like I'm more like, we've always loved candles, but we, I never thought I would be creating them. Yeah. But why not? I mean, candles are like our favorite thing in the whole entire world. (laughs) You can make the best ones. (laughs) See, I feel like I am like a candle super fan, like I'm passionate about it, but I don't think I, because I know how much it takes on like the retail side to do something like that. Yeah. But I would be open to a collaboration. So let me know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. End up doing something like that. That'd be awesome. Like a scented candle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Okay, so really switching gears here. Um, by the way, I love that part of the conversation because I realize I am a huge fan of Huga and I do light candles all the time. 
last night, for example, I made myself charcuterie for one and I oh. lit myself a candle. It was heaven. Dreamy. It was so nice. Thank you. Oh, sounds like <laughs> oh, my great. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Send me to an island with charcuterie and a candle yeah. and I'm a happy girl. <laughs> and a glass of wine. Yeah. For a few. Yeah. But you're right. I think the intentionality of being like, I'm going to light myself a candle. It really yeah. adds something to it, right? Yes. You're taking, like, you're making it special. It's like self-care, right? You're yeah. making it special for yourself. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So switching gears here, like I said, away from the huga, which we could probably talk about for the next like hour, but you yeah. know, um, <laughs> something I really wanted to talk to you about, Stina, was how you have been navigating co-parenting and how, I guess, some things that have really worked well for you. All right. Well, yeah, this is a, this is a big question. Again, this is like a whole podcast, (laughs) you know, some of my, my takeaways, some of the big things I've learned. Um, So I've been co-parenting for over five years now. Uh, My nine-year-old son, um, and, uh, and my ex, so, so I have a nine-year-old who I have as yeah. my ex and when he was three and a half, we separated. And I think the biggest thing, um, that I've learned is that time does truly like not heal all, but you know, time makes a big difference. Um, another thing that we, um, my ex and I have always really worked hard at is, is continuing to communicate even when mm-hmm. things were difficult. Um, we really, really, really wanted to have an amicable separation and um, worked with um, an amazing um, psychologist who, who helped like m- mediate the whole process. Um, and there's many, many different ways to go, to go through divorce. Um, so I guess the, the term, the official term is like we did a collaborative divorce, um, which was really, really um, difficult, but in the end now when I look back on it, it it was definitely worth all the hard work for sure. Um, As far as, as our, our son together, um, the biggest thing is that, is that we talk all the time and we, you know, this is something that we started at the beginning was sending each other photos when he was with the other one. Um, Probably the hardest thing ever in my life was not having him with me all the time. Um, And so, so we would always like, even if we were feeling like frustrated with each other or upset or something difficult was happening in the separation or divorce, we would still always, always, always send each other photos and updates Um, and always have like an open, he could call us anytime. He could FaceTime anytime and think, goodness for FaceTime because it's so nice that now he's got his own iPad and he just FaceTimes us all the time. (laughs) He feels like it. Um, but yeah, having that open communication and, um, and knowing like what's going on. So like he comes back to me from his dad's and his dad sent me all these photos of him fishing and, you know, mountain biking and snowboarding and doing all the awesome things they do together. And I can talk to him about it and have a conversation about it. And then same thing, I'll send photos of us doing like art projects and going to the pool on the beach. And so that we have this, like, we know what's going on. So he feels like we're really, truly all his the big giant family a huge community and another big thing I've learned is that it does take like a village to raise a child and (laughs) and there are definitely challenging things um in divorce and and co-parenting but I think that um that our 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 son he he does like really he's come to a place now where he appreciates that he has like a wonderful stepdad and his two younger brothers with me and he has wonderful stepmom and 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 
stepbrother and sister. And so he really loves how his family is, how he has this like huge family. And we, and we try and focus on, on the positives with him about that too. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that idea of, I think some people listening and again, everyone's situation is different, but I could imagine that for some people, depending on how their divorce goes, thinking about like sending a picture to your ex might feel kind of like, Ugh. but I like how you kind of explained that that way. I'm sure it wasn't easy at first either to feel mm -hmm. like you're always like trying to send messages to him. Probably yeah. felt a little sticky, but yeah. I think what's cool to hear is that after some time, I'm sure that felt a little more normal. Like it felt normal to just text some pictures just so he knows what's up. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I really like. And I think the other key takeaway I took from you is like, it does take time. And I'm sure, I'm sure you had uncomfortable feelings through this process, but just kind of keeping those things top of mind. Like you said, you wanted him to have that big family and that like amicable experience with his parents. So keeping that as your kind of true North, I'm sure kind of helped you do those sticky things in the moment. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Another huge topic that we're just touching on all these big things <laughs> that we could probably, like I said, we'll have to have you back. Um, but something that's actually been requested from the audience to talk about is miscarriage. And it's kind of an interesting thing because when people requested it, I thought, yes, like we should be talking about this. But at the same time, I didn't personally know anyone yet or anyone that was close enough that I could ask to talk about miscarriage. And it's not always, um, you know, talked about openly on social media. There's some people definitely. Um, but Brie, I was wondering if you would share what that experience was like for you and yeah, just kind of how you navigated that. Yeah, well, first of all, I think you probably do know somebody, but you might not know that they've had a miscarriage because it's so unbelievably common. And, um, and that's something that I didn't know when I had my first miscarriage. And <clears throat> so before I had my two children, I had two miscarriages and they were, they were diagnosed as missed miscarriages. So basically what happened for me was, um, that I went in to get my first ultrasound and there wasn't a heartbeat. And so, as you can imagine, you know, at the time, how old was I? 29, I think, 30, maybe 30. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, you, you know what a miscarriage is, you hear of them, but you don't, like you, you think you don't know anybody that's had them, or you think you're the only one that's going through this, or, and when you hear that awful news that there's no heartbeat, you just are like, excuse me, like what, like what? And you're going along for eight weeks thinking, you know, you're carrying a baby around in you. Dreaming and future and, it's, yeah. you're like, yeah, you've, you, you know, you know, the second you take that pregnancy test and it is a, it turns into a positive, you are connected with that baby the instant you see that plus sign, you yeah. know? And and um, you're imagining what it's going to look like and you're picking out, you know, you're thinking of names already and, and all of that. And, and when I first got pregnant uh, with my first miscarriage, it happened right away. Like I, I got pregnant right away. Um, and, and then it was eight weeks later that it was diagnosed as a miscarriage. And then you have to go through <laughs> not to get too uh, 
into the details, but you have to go through an elimination process where you, you either have to go in and have it, have a DNC where they, you, you have a, you have surgery to get it taken out of you. Um, or you take, you insert pills inside of you to abort the baby. And so that's what I <clears throat> had to do. And I did that for both, both my babies and for both the miscarriages. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, it's awful. It's absolutely awful and it's devastating. And you think you're the only one that's going through it and you think there's something wrong with you. And we went through all this testing to see what was going on because once you've had a second, a first miscarriage is so common that they don't even consider you a problem um, or that there is a problem. They just, they just literally say like, this is so common. You just try again. Try again. Yeah. Again. Those were the exact words actually that came out of this, this um, text mouth when he was, when he was doing the ultrasound, he was like, Oh, he said, literally said to me, this is my first miscarriage. He said to me, yeah, no heartbeat. Um, Expect blood. Try again. Those were his exact words. Like, just like not, I'm so sorry. You know, this is, these are the steps that are going to, that is going to happen. Like, like nothing, just cold, so cold. It was bizarre. Like, I'm like, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Like, this is not, this is, how is this, how is this accepted? How can you be so cold? And, um, anyways, so yeah, that was, that was that. I don't, I went off on a tangent. Where was I going before that? I was just that you had had, you had had the, the two mis- miscarriages and because you were talking about how for a first miscarriage, that's where we got in the tangent, tangent, whatever. Um, yeah. They don't even test or anything because thank you. it's so yeah. common that you so, could have healthy pregnancies after like one, you wouldn't even try and think like, is exactly. there something bigger? Yeah. Yeah. And then once I had a second miscarriage, I was put into this category of, um, uh, What's the word, Stina? Help me. Thank you. High risk. She knows. I had a mind a brain fart there. So um, yes, I was put into this category of of like higher risk for miscarriage. And then once they did all the testing, they realized that there was absolutely nothing wrong with both my husband and I, and that literally they were like, it was just a fluke, like a total fluke that you had two in a row. The second baby that I miscarried took us seven months. So it was like. That was almost even more devastating because the first one, seven months to get pregnant, first one, it happened right away for me. And then, and then the second one, we tried for seven months and I, and I miscarried again. So I was like, Oh my God, this is really bad. And then, and then this, the third one I started to do, you know, I started to see naturopathic doctors and get my hormones straight. And I started to do acupuncture and I just really started to get myself back on track and eat well and exercise. And we were, when both my miscarriages happened, we were really in limbo with where we were living. Mm-hmm. And we finally moved into a condo that we had bought. And I was like really happy to be there. And I think everything just kind of came into place. Mm-hmm. And I got pregnant again um, for the third time. And I remember that like I was, I, th- this story is, like my favorite story. I I remember, um, I was about six weeks, I was six weeks into my third pregnancy and I started bleeding and I was like, Oh my God. And I had never, you have to understand, I had never bled with my miscarriages before I had it. I had always just gone in and there wasn't a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. 
So um, I started bleeding and I just was like, well, here we go again, miscarriage number three, here we go. And I was like, and I'm, I'm also RH negative. So I'm one of those people that I have to go and get the shot before mm -hmm. I, I, do you want to, do we want to go into that? No, that's just, anyways, <laughs> what's that, if Many you don't, people, yeah, if you don't know what it is, RH negative blood. So I had to, I, so if you start to bleed, you have to get into the hospital within 24 hours. Your, your blood and the fetus, the, the baby's blood can't mix. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, so I went into the hospital and I was just like in the waiting room, like, okay, here we go. And, and I, and you know, just expecting, they're going to tell me the same thing. And, um, and I, and this big, this big, beautiful nurse came over and she said, called my name out. She said, she said, hi, honey, come on in the room. Let's check you out. And right away, I just went from like, oh, this is the worst to kind of like, oh, she's funny. Like, this is kind of funny. And I had this like, you know, just like this weight lifted off of me. And she said, she said to me, honey, you have no problem getting pregnant. We just need to keep you pregnant. <laughs> and it was like, it was just such a beautiful moment because I kind of thought, yeah, that is such a nice way to look at it. Like, thank you. You know, like I can get pregnant and I am getting pregnant and, and that's right. Like we just need to figure out what's going on here. And, mm -hmm. and so she checked me and whatever, sent me off to have my ultrasound. And, um, I was, was in there and I'm, you know, I'm freaking out thinking, okay, they're just going to tell me the same thing. And she's like trying to move the wand around on my belly. And I'm like, Oh God, she's not going to, both, both times I had to have an internal to see what was going on. And, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead, do the internal, like, let's just get it over with. And, and then, and she's like, yeah, I'm just having trouble finding, finding it. And, and she's like, I might have to do an internal. And then she goes, Oh, Oh, wait a minute. There it is. And I look over and my, like Jake, my first baby is like, boom, boom, boom. Like this beautiful heartbeat on the screen. And that was Jake. And now five years old. Yeah. 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 And I never had a problem again after that, having a baby. So I got pregnant right away with my second and he was healthy as could be. And so it can happen for everybody. You just have to you have to figure it out. I, another quick, very quickly, my, my cousin actually is, uh, she had some fertility stuff and she got pregnant with twins and, um, went through fertility, get, get, get to get pregnant with twins and, and <laughs> thought she would never have twins or thought she would never be able to get pregnant again. She got pregnant, uh, eight months later after having her twins with twins. No. no. Naturally. Yeah. So now she's so, going to have two sets of twins she's under two. Have two sets of twins under two. And one was through fertility treatment and the others were total natural. And it just like to me, that's just proof that I think sometimes your body just needs like a kickstart. You know, it just needs a little boost. Some yep. people just need they need something to get it started and to and okay. so just don't lose faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. Like, oh. You're going to get your baby, whether you're going to get your baby somehow you're going yeah. to. Totally. Yeah. And this isn't to minimize. Cause I know a lot of like, there are people with, you know, there's certain, um, physical things that are, do make it really a lot harder to get pregnant or for some women, which I'm really sorry to hear is like, it, it's just not, might not happen. For you. Absolutely. So adoption. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes. So I will acknowledge that, but I will, I do also want to touch on one part of your story, which thank you so much for sharing. That was 
really beautiful and it made me tear up. I had to like bring uh, myself back because we're still talking, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's really nice. Um, thank you for sharing. But I think there's something to be said too for you mentioned like you were not necessarily in a place where you like at the beginning where you talked about you had two miscarriages you were like you know we were really kind of like unsure where we were going to be and we were moving and you kind of have to think there are those certain parts sometimes that connect too right and I think it's nesting it's nesting you know people want to feel like they're safe and secure and like they have everything in place and and I think yeah yeah Yeah. a big part for me Totally. Yeah. That's really amazing story though. The heartbeat thing, I think, I mean, I, that was my biggest fear. That's why too, I think that really hit home. I was like, I was always so scared. Even Mm -hmm. at the very end, I was like, had anxiety every time I would go get, I don't know if you guys must have experienced that too, but it's like, when you hear the heartbeat, you're like, Oh, thank thank goodness. Such a beautiful sound. After my miscarriages, and a lot of people, a lot of midwives and doctors don't recommend this, but I bought a Doppler for myself, uh, and I literally check that heartbeat every day. <laughs> no, and I think, you know what, for that, I would say you have to know yourself, and if you're one, yeah. one of those people who's going to get too, like, I think I would have almost gotten too wrapped up in it, like, checking how fast it was, but if for you, you know that it's just going to be a peace of mind, and I think, like, yeah. why not get it? It was, it was yeah. exactly what I needed to just help me, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we've talked about some conception stuff. (laughs) stuff. Let's go and skip to the part of the main event, which is the labor. So uh, (laughs) I wanted to talk to Stina a bit about uh, your experience with home birth. So as most of you listening know, I had a home birth for my one and only child so far um had a really really good experience I know not everyone's is like that mine was like you know textbook as they say it was like everything went well (laughs) but I would love to hear about your experience with home birth and actually maybe starting with how you decided to do that because you had one home birth or two I can't remember you've had two okay so yeah tell us how you decided and kind of how those experiences went yeah um so my first son was born in hospital. It was always really important to me to have midwives. My mom is a huge midwife advocate. Um, and she even like did some tra- midwife training and she now works with, um, with moms having babies. She's in the adoption sector. She's a social worker, but she's always been like a huge midwife advocate. Um, so I always, it was always really important to me to have a midwife. And, um, it was also, I was, I just, I have a fear of like needles and medications, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like medical procedures. I, I'm not very good with this kind of stuff. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but when I learned about like what a C-section was and an epidural, I, w- I had a lot of fear, um, wrapped up and, and those sorts of things. And I, and I was open to it, of course. Like I, I, I wanted to just like have a healthy baby, and that was the most important thing to me. Um, part of me, you know, like the idea of of saving things down there by C section, not having all the tearing and ripping. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I really wanted to try and and have um, no interventions, and also try and have no um, medications or, or drugs. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I chose midwives that was in my birth plan with my first and then my water broke and I didn't go into labor. 
mm. for like almost three days. So that oh. was like a risky category where I couldn't even labor at home. I had to labor in the hospital. Oh. And so I ended up being, I mean, I was able to like go walking and try and get labor started, but it wouldn't start, wouldn't start. So I went in to get induced and then I actually went into labor on my own. Thankfully, I think I willed it to happen. I was like, no, I'm not being induced. And, um, and had like a super intense, intense, fast labor and nothing could have prepared me for, for that. Um, at one point I did, I had like a secret code word for drugs. And at one point I said the code word and <laughs> I was like, nope, too late. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> yeah. 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 You didn't want drugs and guess what? You can't have them. Yeah. So. <laughs> probably by that point it wouldn't have, yeah, you were probably close to the end anyway. Yeah, I was, I was very close, but I was like, yeah. So I ended up actually giving birth in like a very um, medical, like I think it was an operating room at the time because they didn't know what was going to happen with me. So it was very medical. It was not hoogly at all. It was not (laughs) cozy. It was like bright lights and you know, my midwife was there. She was amazing. My, my mom was there helping me and, um, and it was great, but in many ways it was everything I wanted, but it was not, um, the environment that I had imagined and the shock of the pain, um, was quite traumatizing. And so by the time my son actually came out, I was sort of like in shock. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> I can't believe I'm alive right now. What the and, hell and just happened? Yeah, exactly. And now I have this baby and I've got to try and figure out how to breastfeed. And it was yeah. just, Madness. So when my second, um, when I, when my, my husband and I, um, decided to have a baby, we were talking about, you know, hospital versus home and midwife versus doctor. And he was very much like, Oh, aren't you just going to go to the hospital and like have a doctor? And I was like, no, no, no. Like I, I, it's midwives are important to me. So we met with the midwives and, um, and I sort of said, you know, what about having a home birth? And one of my good friends had like a secret home birth. She didn't tell anybody. And then afterwards was like, guess what? I had him at home. And I was just stunned. I was like, you did what? <laughs> and she was like, oh, it was amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. But it sort of got, got me thinking. It planted the seed. And, um, and so I, I brought it up with the midwife. I brought it up with my husband. I was like, what do you think about a home birth? And at first he was like, no way. But then we started watching. I, I started showing him videos and the, the <laughs> guide to natural childbirth book and the business of being born movie. And that was with Ricky Lake. Oh, yeah, all the different things, and then chat, and then he asked like a bazillion questions to the midwife, and and the more we thought about, it, the more like, yeah, let's plan for it. And I am such a water baby. I am obsessed with the ocean and swimming, and my happiest place is like floating in the ocean. And um, so I had this. I always had this idea. I'm an Aquarius, and I'm like, I need to have a water birth. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes along with home birth because if you're at the hospital, you can't be guaranteed you're going to have the bath, and it, that it's all going to work out. Yeah. So the whole like desire to have a water birth also played a part in it. So that's what, how we came to the decision to plan for a home birth, get a birth pool and then see if it was going to be possible or not. And, um, yeah. And in the end we, we were in the, in the basement suite of Brian and Stefan's house and we had our birth pool all blown up and again, my water broke in advance, which is another uh, weird thing. It doesn't happen to many people, but it happened to me twice. And I was waiting, waiting, waiting for labor to start. Wouldn't start, wouldn't start. I did the midwife's cocktail and, um, <laughs> and had pizza. Pizza is my magic. 
and I was sitting upstairs with Brie and Stefan on like a, you know, a pad because my water had broken, eating pizza, drinking my cocktail, watching ET. And then all of a sudden I kind of have to go to the bathroom and I went to the bathroom and I came back. I think I have to go to the bathroom again and came back. I think I have to go to the bathroom. Like, oh my gosh. I think these are contractions. <laughs> like that's what that squeezing is on my, near my bladder. All right. <laughs> and then my brother started like panicking and freaking out. And then him and, and my husband are downstairs filling up the birth pool with water. And then we couldn't get enough hot water. So there's like funny <laughs> pots boiling on stoves and they're trying to get enough hot water in the pool. And um, yeah. And then my second son was born in the birth pool two hours later at home yep. just right right in there so you have quick labors like that once you're in yeah once you're in you're in <laughs> yeah. although my third was not quick and my water did not break but, ah interesting uh, my third was like the wild card but it was the easiest i'm gonna quote unquote <laughs> yeah it's still work it's still labor <laughs> yeah, the easiest labor and delivery i think because it was the one i was most prepared for like i knew that the pain was coming i knew how to ride the waves and my third i wasn't even positive i wanted to have them at home i ended up not liking the birth pool because i was really cold after mm-hmm. and i was shivering and wet and you could i couldn't like move right away and so i didn't like that so i didn't want to do water again um, as much as I, I love trying it, it was, it, I didn't love it as much as I thought. So the second one, I wanted to not do water. And then I wasn't sure if I wanted to have them at home or not, because I was a little bit like the mess of the pool and like all the birthing supplies and not that like mess should be the designing factor, but it was pretty messy. Everything that went down from, cause I throw up in my labors too. So <gasps> like a lot of, a lot of mess. Okay. I was like, mine wasn't that messy. Like, cause mine wasn't even planned for a home birth. So they literally just used the stuff that they like had on hand, the midwives. So, cause it wasn't even planned. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, I, I didn't find that, but also I wasn't throwing up. <laughs> yeah, and the pool, like the pool's full of all the stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, it's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting cause I went in the bath for a long time, probably yeah. like over maybe like two hours of my labor, which was a good chunk of it. But yeah. then I, I remember I was like, I want to get out. Like I just had this automatic, like I want to get out. And that was almost when it was like go time. So, <laughs> cause I, yeah. yeah, I obviously wasn't interested in doing it in the bathtub. <laughs> yes, <laughs> get me out of here now. <laughs> yeah. 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 My third was almost born in the bathtub because I was in the bath and I didn't want to leave. And the midwife was like, okay, you need to decide now. Do you yeah, want to want? Yeah. Do you want to go to the hospital? What do you want to do? And I was like, no, I don't want to have him in the bath, but I don't want to go to the hospital right now. And she's like, okay, let's get you out of the bath. Let's get things going. And the second I got out of the bath, it was like, boom. And he was, he basically like fell out onto the bed, my third. (laughs) And there he is. For anyone listening, if you have a third, it's just going to fall out. (laughs) He was still in his, um, in the sack. He was like on call on, you know, that thing where they're born in their amniotic sack. Whoa. So I think he just flipped right out and I was like, hello. Hey friend. That yeah. is so interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, I always yeah. learn something new. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I feel like I could talk to you ladies like all day. I'll just have to have you back. Um, but I want to take a moment to acknowledge both of you for everything that you're doing in your community and how you're showing up for moms and how you're bringing Huga to the <laughs> forefront. Because I think we could all use a little more in our lives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you both, of course, for being here. So final little lightning round. Maybe we'll go back and forth. Okay. 
or if you both want to answer quick, that's fine. So favorite okay. book. Oh God. Okay. We are <laughs> so terrible. Here we are as educators and we both were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to say? Because it's been so long since we've had time to actually read a book. It's so terrible. I know. I said children's books. I was like, I love children's picture books and all the ones that like, I am yoga. I am love. I am peace. I don't know if you know these books, but no, but that's, they sound so cute. They're beautiful. They're by Susan Verde and I use them in my yoga teaching and I use them in my classroom with my kids so okay. I'm, like, I'm gonna keep... look yeah I'm gonna check those out yeah um oh gosh I I like I like inspirational stuff if I'm going to read something I feel like my attention span with my attention span it needs to be something that I can like really I don't know use in my own, learn something, learn something from yeah. um and I I don't I've talked about this openly but I and I'm, it's funny because I was saying just you know I should have told Emily that um like anxiety is something I know a lot about because that's something that I have on and off. And anyways, one of the, one of my favorite books that has helped me with my anxiety is called From Panic to Power. And um, that's, I'm going to say that's my favorite book. Awesome. Yeah. That's a hot tip because I know it's, I mean, anxiety is so common, but I'm sure people listening will want to read that one as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite drink. Obviously yours is wine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we love wine yeah it's a tie between coffee and pinot gris <laughs> yeah <laughs> mine is uh, a margarita on the rocks fresh mm -hmm. lime juice shaken mm. margarita with salt around the rim on the rocks yeah that just makes me want to it's so funny because the last interview i had that was her answer too Really? And I, yes and it, that was the first time and i was like that makes me want to go to mexico right now yeah, yeah. we can't Mexican theme night at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will. We will. And favorite podcast you're loving right now? Uh, um, I'm a I'm a dedicated follower of the Yoga Girl podcast because yeah. I'm a yoga enthusiast. But I also I also love love all the different um, people she brings to the table. And then the longest shortest time. Do you know that one? Yes. Yeah, that really that's what introduced me to the world of podcasting. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Mine is um, the Gold Digger, Jenna Kutcher. I love that one too. Good one. Good one, guys. We'll link those because those are all um, really, really good ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite TV show or movie? Uh, <laughs> do I have to admit this? I'm like the <laughs> worst for TV shows, guilty pleasures. I am like a massive housewife fan. Uh, me too, girl. <laughs> I did not know this. 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's, it, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite housewives? Oh, I love it. my number one. I for me, you just can't beat the OC. And oh, Beverly the Hill. original, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't know if it actually was the original, but to me, it is. I don't know if that's the, the, I think New York and OC were. Yeah. Okay. Because I like I. That's when I am like literally. Do not talk to me. I am totally into this. I, I feel like I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this about you. We really oh yeah. You. Okay, weird. I'm a total dork, but this is this is like one of the shows I've been watching with my nine year old or almost nine year old is the Babysitters Club series on Netflix. <laughs> I was in those books. Yes, I read every single Babysitters Club growing up. I loved it, and the series is so good. I like ball my eyes out every episode. <laughs> <laughs> kids books and kids shows for yeah. Cena. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, now we know. <laughs> okay, favorite place you've traveled? Oh, I think mine's Europe. 
Uh, I backpacked around. So my husband, him and I were high school sweethearts and we lost touch for many years. This is a whole other podcast episode. Um, And we found our way back to each other. And when we were 20, we backpacked across Europe together. So I have very happy memories of that. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to say the coolest places I've gone were Denmark and Shanghai, I would say, just because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but my top favorite is Hawaii. Like, so I want to be in Hawaii anytime. I'll take it any day. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been to Denmark and Shanghai, and I would oh, say, cool. yeah, they are both quite unique. Yeah. Um, Denmark, I went to when I was actually staying with a friend in Sweden, um, and we took the ferry across yeah. it was really cool yeah it was super cool but yeah I mean I I'm um part Norwegian so you need to get on the hookah train <laughs> oh, I was like that maybe that's what maybe that's why I feel it in my core you know yeah, that's it's so true you <laughs> yeah okay so obviously we can't travel right now much um but if you were going to jump on a plane tomorrow where would you go I would go to Greece. Um, I've always wanted to go back because when we were 20 and backpacking, we went to Ia and watched the Oya Ia and watched the sunset. And that's been our always to go back there. So if I could jump on a plane right now, I'd take the kids, take my husband and we'd go to Greece. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And what about I would, I would go to Hawaii. <laughs> You're like, I'm going back to Hawaii. <laughs> boring to people, but I would just get on a plane and I would hop on, I'd hop on different planes to all the different islands and just be in Hawaii. Yeah. I do love it there too. It's, it's just beautiful. You just it's can't so go wrong there. beautiful and clean and yeah, it just smells like. It smells good. Yeah. That was what I was going to say. I'm like, it also yeah. just smells good. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right, final question before we wrap up. Uh, something I'm super passionate about is confidence. I talk about it a lot. And I think part of the reason I'm so passionate about it is because confidence is what makes women like you go out and pursue these passions and do these amazing things in your community. So that's why, you know, confidence is a huge deal for me. So what does confidence mean to you? Oh my gosh. Oh. <sighs> a big one (laughs) I ask all the big ones (laughs) oh you too um I grew up my mom just my mom and my dad but my mom was really really just like hammered it into me like she just she would just be like you can do it girl like you just you just do it you got this you know and and you can do whatever you put your mind to and so I kind of just you know of course there are times where I'm like like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> but that, but I feel like, I feel like to me, confidence is when you walk into a room and you feel proud and you can hold your head up high and be proud of the person that you are, you know, like proud of the morals that you have, the ethics that you have, what you've accomplished. Um, and not, and I don't mean accomplished in school necessarily, or like, I don't, that's not what matters to me. For me, it's more just what makes you feel passionate and what makes you feel good. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident because I know I'm a good person and, and I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay in this life, you know? Yeah. You're doing it girl. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sina? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think that I am a confident person because of the way I was raised. My parents always worked very, very hard to tell me that they're proud of me and believe in me no matter what sort of crazy idea or crazy thing I did in my life. Um, yeah, so I've always, I've definitely had, you know, times over the years where I haven't felt as confident in certain areas, but coming back to like my parents have always, always, always supported me and told me they're proud of me um, in everything that I've done. And I think that that's what I try and instill in my, my kids as well. And in the kids that I teach, like it's so important to me, like kindness is, is so important to me. And, and, and I know that's very like buzzword, be kind, but I really try and, and live, live every day and teach my kids every day to, to put kindness in the forefront. Like every decision you make, every way you treat people, um, think, are you being kind right now? Are you making a kind choice? And, and that's something that, that I'm proud of and that I've, I've tried and instill in my kids and the students I teach as well. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you both so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. We covered so much ground and yeah, I just am really, really grateful to you both and everyone make sure you go follow along with mindful mummies. I'll link everything up for you and thank you both so much. Thanks Thank for you. Us. That was really fun. So much fun. <laughs> awesome. You're amazing. Thank yeah. you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Now you've done it. Now you can do more. You're great. Woo! All right. <laughs> Check off the list. Yeah. <laughs> now you have more confidence with doing interviews, right? Now you've yeah. done it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you both so much. Okay. Thank you. Have Bye. a nice Bye, Emily. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.